Welcome back to episode three of the Sources Say podcast, a brand new addition to the growing KSR podcast network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and I am happy to be joined again by two of the best up-and-coming recruiting insiders in the game, Jake Weingarten of StockRisers.com and Travis Graff of Cats Illustrated. How are you guys doing today? Feeling like a married man. I know. How about that? You're, you know, something changed between these last two episodes. I don't know what it was. I can, I I can see them. Different. I can see the maturity just, just yeah. through, through this podcast alone. Do you have a good weekend? Uh, too much fun. Too, too much, much fun. fun. Yeah. So three days after, you know, last week it was, you know, three days before your wedding, you were willing to talk to us and break down Kentucky recruiting, and then three days afterwards. So we pre- the, uh, we appreciate the dedication. <laughs> Jake, how about you? I had a good weekend. Um, lean, well, I was off till. Yesterday, really, so I had a little five-day weekend, so I was out doing college things. Uh, won't mention what I was doing, but I was doing college things, was, fun weekend. That was good, and uh, it, as you guys might know, listening to this, uh, he's actually a U of L student, so uh, he, he kind of has his ear on the ground around U of L's campus, and there was a, a little bit of an open practice this weekend I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me, what, what was the what was just your quick quick thoughts on that? Well, there was a Kentucky target there, Devin Askew, and he absolutely killed it. Um, from what I saw, I mean, I was by the court, you know, where where the media members were standing, and, I mean, he came a little late. He was a late arrival. He was, like, 10 minutes late to the open run, and Josh Hall and Zach Loveday were the other guys there, and then it was the roster for next year, so for next season. So, basically... Devin gets on the court and first thing he does he grabs a rebound looks super he looked super comfortable and you're playing against Samuel Williamson, Aiden Agehan and speaking of Samuel Williamson, Sam Williamson actually posted up Devin Askew in the paint and wow. Devin actually locked him down and Sam missed off the backboard and, but, may, and let me add that when I watched Sam Williamson at the McDonald's game, he was one of the best players on the mm-hmm. floor by far. This mm-hmm. kid is, you know, I know this is a Kentucky podcast, and I know a lot of Kentucky fans will be groaning, but Sam Williamson's a baller. Oh, he yeah. is a, oh, yeah. he is First a round. legitimate First baller. Round. So for Can Devin you give Ash. us a uh, behind enemy lines scouting report? On on Sam Williamson? No, just on the whole team. How are they looking? Oh, uh, I mean, once again, the UK podcast, but <laughs> I'll give my little scouting report. I think they'll be real good. Um, the six freshmen that are coming in, five were only expected going into the season to actually get playing time. But Quinn Slazinski, who's redshirting, I think that redshirt could eventually get pulled because he's dominating off-season workouts, and apparently he looks real good, but... The returners, too, they got Enoch. Nawara actually just got hurt playing in the FIBAs, but Nawara, Perry, McMahon, and Enoch, the returners, in this open run, they all look real good. Steven Enoch was pulling up from three, which is something that nobody I, saw I, during the season. I don't but. know if that's something Chris Mack will necessarily oh, want. Oh, yeah, I know it's not something he will want. It's at, but least, it's at least something. Positionless basketball, fellas. That's <laughs> what we're going for. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I it was a real fun little event for the fans. It was sold out. There was – um. Actually, I was going in last with the other media that was there, and they were holding people at the door, actually, for a few minutes, saying, we're waiting for it, it's jam-packed, so you need to wait for more space to clear up. So, I mean, it's a fun little thing, and if I'm a recruit, that's that's a cool experience. I mean, they weren't allowed to talk to fans, they weren't allowed to, there's obviously oh, the yeah, of course. rules and regulations, but, I mean, all three of the recruits that were there, especially Devin, they looked extremely comfortable. Like Devin, right off the bat, took his bag off when he got in, shoes on, right on the court, looked super comfortable, and yeah, I'm, I was super impressed. I'm telling you, at, at Peach Jam, so 
Devin asked you, was, it was teammates with Jalen Green this past uh, EYBL circuit mm-hmm. on Team Why Not. And, of course, you know, everybody everybody lines up to see Jalen Green and, and w- what he has to offer. And I'm telling you, every single time I watched him play, it was it was it was Askew that kept that mm-hmm. kept stealing my attention and, and he's just so confident with the ball in his hands, so confident shooting. I remember he missed three threes in a row and next time down the next time down the floor he had an open open shot and, and shot it with zero hesitation. You know, he is he is a, a, a shooter's mind. He's very comfortable. So so clutch, you know, isn't worried about cold streaks, isn't you know, he's just one of those mindless basketball players. And uh he's I mean there's a reason that he's one of Kentucky's top targets mm. in 2021. Uh, I think he, I think, despite him saying he won't reclassify, I think he's ready. Oh, I mean, that's that's just my opinion. That's, that's kind of the big talk. I mean, when you when you were that good at that age, why do you need two more years in in high school? I mean, and I know that a lot of them want to go to be McDonald's McDonald's All Americans and win their state titles with their respective teams. You know, go out with a bang, go to prom, do all that stuff with their with their teammates, but. You know, this this is a kid that is being recruited by, you know, some of the best schools in the country. But most notably, it seems like Kentucky and Louisville are the top two schools with this, you know, with, with him. And uh, depending on how things shake out, Kentucky might be looking for a point guard for 2020. Louisville has been on him the longest out of everybody. He has developed a great relationship with their coaching staff. And we, I mean, we might be getting a Kentucky Louisville battle for, for one of the, oh, yeah. the best point guards in the class of 2021. I agree with you. Um, I, I mean, I put in my crystal ball for Louisville. I'm not being biased or anything, but like you said, they, they have had the best relationship with him for the longest time. I mean, I think he visited there August, 2018. And I think the offer was extended before that. So that's over a year. I mean, that's, and and to stay in consistent contact that's huge but i did hear that he could schedule a uk visit nothing's booked yet i did i did talk to him about it before he actually got here we we talked on the phone but i think he is planning a uk visit which is something he's been saying publicly so i think you'll hear more about that soon i don't know if it's big blue madness i don't know when it is but I think he'll definitely visit UK. Yeah, definitely something to keep your eye on. Um, you know, one of the best best point guards in the, in the class in the nation, regardless of class. Um, definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, well, you know, thank you guys. I know that was kind of a long intro, but thank you guys <laughs> for both joining me. Um, you know, after two weeks of, of finding our groove a little bit with the, with our first two episodes, this week is a it's a pretty massive episode for us for you know a couple different reasons. You know, for starters, this is the the first week that. Uh, the Source to Say podcast will be live on our very own podcast feed. So please, please, please uh, search Source to Say on, on iTunes, Spotify, any of the other major podcast apps. Click that subscribe button. Get uh, get these episodes downloaded directly to your phone right when they're right when we hit publish. They'll be sent right to your phone. And please go give us a five-star review. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. It makes us look good, and uh, we appreciate the, the good feedback. But the biggest news that we have for today is a little bit of a surprise, a little bit of a special special addition to the show. We are going to be joined by 2021 top three prospect Paolo Banchero today, live on the show. So pretty big deal considering, you know, he's, oh, I don't know, the best big man in the class of 2021. It's really not even that close. There's, there's not even a close second. Um you know, one of Kentucky's biggest targets for next year, easily their biggest in terms of the front court. Uh, he's been rumored rumored to be a reclassification uh, candidate, and so you know he he is a guy that is going to be 
Um, pretty big news for Kentucky fans here in the next several months. Um, so to get him on the show right away is, is pretty impressive, and uh, uh, we're, we're very, very happy to have him and excited uh, for him to join us. And uh, you know what? Let's, uh, let's just jump right in and, and go straight to our interview with 2021 power forward Paolo Banchero. We are happy to be joined on the phone by 2021 top three prospect Paolo Banchero. Paolo, how are you doing today, man? Doing good. Doing good. Well, we appreciate you joining us. A uh, whole lot to get to involving your recruitment, who you are as a player, a bunch of good stuff like that. Uh, first off, you made some pretty big headlines recently by first telling people that uh, reclassification of 2020 was on the table for you and you were strongly considering it. Uh, and then after thinking it over for a little while, you ultimately decided that you were sticking with 2021. Uh, what went into that decision and why did you ultimately decide on staying put? Uh, mostly my parents. They, uh, they just, we thought about it, but they ended up just kind of not being kind of fans of it so we just kind of agreed on it like we weren't butting heads or anything so i didn't really have a problem going um either way so i was uh i stayed with no problem so uh you know say we get to this get to the spring and a guy like coach cal or coach k maybe mike hopkins uh one of those big name coaches they come to you and say we're dying to add a you know one more player to the 2020 class think you're the missing piece to this to this championship team or whatever uh, is there any wiggle room with that, or are you, are you pretty firm on that decision? Nah, nah. Every coach that has talked to me about it said they'll take either class. It doesn't matter. So, uh, I mean, if they did say that, um, I don't think I'd be able to kind of. I don't think I'd be able to reclassify it now since I'm already started with my junior year and stuff. I just probably wouldn't want to do it. All right, I got you. Um, as far as your recruitment is concerned, um, you, you set up uh, official visits to North Carolina for September 27th, Kentucky for October 11th, Duke October 17th, Tennessee October 25th, and Gonzaga uh, January 18th. Uh, what, what went into that decision for those schools in particular? Um, all five of those schools were pretty much the only five that kind of made, made me visiting a priority kind of kind of be on me about it kept bringing it up um those are kind of the only five schools that really wanted me nah i'm not gonna say wanted me to visit because i'm sure other schools did but just the schools that wanted like would talk to me about it hey when are you gonna get down here or when can we get it figured out stuff like that so so uh what what went into not picking washington as one of those schools with an official uh i mean it's 20 minutes away so I mean if I wanted to I haven't I haven't been on an official Washington ever so but I've been at the campus a lot and the gym a lot um, I've never been on an unofficial but if I ever wanted to go on an unofficial I could go it's 20 minutes away from my house so just, I wanted to go visit places that were far away close I guess I got you um do you, I know you don't have an official list or anything out right now but are those kind of the five or six schools that you're going to be focused on moving forward with your recruitment other schools that I'm considering strongly. Uh, Memphis, uh, Michigan just called me yesterday, um, Oregon State, Ohio State, Baylor, those are a bunch of schools that, there's probably some I'm forgetting, but there's a bunch of schools that I still talk to a lot, and 
that's the recruitment. Is is there a timeline on when you want to uh, cut? You know, make a list cut or anything like that, or, or are you just kind of be going to be as open minded with it and, and just kind of make a decision whenever it happens? Uh, I'm not sure when. Um, if it was like ideal, I'd want it to be before my senior season for high school, but I don't know if that would be. I don't know if that would happen. But if I if it was like a perfect perfect world, I'd probably want it to be before my senior year. Got you. Um, the, the speculation's been there for a long time that Washington was the favorite, that you're going to end up staying home and, and signing with them. Um, but lately, though, there's been, you know, there's been a lot of buzz that, that while they've done a great job recruiting you and that you've built a good relationship with them and they've done a great job building a relationship with your family, uh, that you're 100% open with all the schools recruiting you and, and that you very well could end up losing, end up leaving the state. Uh, how would you address kind of both sides of that speculation that, that you've been a Washington lock for a long time and the fact that the the most recent buzz is that you're you are more than open to to going outside outside washington yeah uh, i am i'm open to everywhere i'm not saying i mean obviously washington is consideration but they're nowhere near the favorite no one's the favorite i'm open to every school um even though both my parents went there my mom went through this whole recruiting process um i mean she chose washington but that was a different washington then than it is now um so they don't. They don't push me to Washington. They don't push me anywhere else either. Um, so, yeah, just and I really had no problem leaving. And I don't have a problem staying. So, got you. Just whatever, whatever I end up doing, I end up doing. With uh, with Kentucky in particular, you told me at Peach Jam that uh, earning an offer from Coach Cal and talking to him for the first time was surreal for you. Uh, you know, first talk me through that initial offer and, and why you, you you chose that word surreal. Why why was that moment so big for you? Just because, I mean, I've been watching Kentucky for a while. Uh, since John Wall playing, seeing Coach Cal on TV, I mean, ESPN, like just, you know, just, Kentucky's always nationally televised, always on TV, see him a lot, always in the news headlines. So it was just surreal, you know, just because there was a point where, you know, I really didn't expect to be recruited by all, you know, Blue Bloods or whoever. It's just hearing Coach Cal's voice and to him saying that off me was just, uh, was kind of surreal just because, you know, I just didn't really think – well, there was a point where I didn't really think that, that would be reality. So. What is what has that contact with them been like since then? And, and just honestly, how high are you on, on Kentucky? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm really high on Kentucky. Um, they're a great school, great program. I'm looking forward to my visit. Uh, you know, me and Coach Cal, Coach Cal talks to my mom all the time. And my mom has a great relationship, talks to me um, – Actually, just texted me not, not too long ago, a couple minutes ago. Um, Wants to talk tonight, so you know he's keeping in close contact with me, with my mom, uh, Coach Barbie. Keeps in close contact. So, uh, yeah. What is uh what what is his pitch to you? How does he see you fitting in in his system in in, Le- in Lexington if if you ultimately decide to go to Kentucky? I mean, he just has told me that you know he doesn't see me as a big man or a center or a power forward. He just sees me as a basketball player. Um, just after watching me play, he just really was impressed by how how I can kind of not necessarily play one through five, but just like handle the ball, pass the ball, all that stuff. Like put ability to put me all over the floor, and whatnot. Just be a basketball player. Uh, but he's honest with me about everything. He doesn't kind of say anything that's like too good to be true or anything like he's honest he tells me if I do come there like it'll be a challenge it'll be hard but 
he'll get the best out of me and turn me into a great pro, hopefully. So that's his pitch. Duke is another school that you're you're pretty high on. Uh, you've had high praise for them a bunch in the past, especially after receiving that offer. Uh, what is their pitch to you? Um, just just kind of put the ball in my hands, allow me to make plays. Um, just make plays for my teammates and be able to kind of get put all over the floor. I think there was there were some rumblings that they, they would like to um, match you up with Jalen Johnson. That you guys would be kind of a good fit if if you were to ultimately ultimately reclassify. Are there any other uh, you know players that you'd like to team up with or or anything like that? Uh, I mean, there's yeah, there's some players, but not a lot. But uh, players that we've talked to about teaming up. Uh, Kay Chandler's one, but we've talked about it. Um, and I mean, as far as he's really the only one who I've ever talked about it with. But Kay Chandler, I guess, yeah. Uh, I know Tennessee and Gonzaga are kind of two schools that you decided on visiting that no one really knew that you were you were super high on. Uh, I know Jake told us last week that that you actually have two two visits scheduled to, to Gonzaga, uh, and he actually said he could see you end up committing there. Um, what what intrigues you about those two schools? Um, Gonzaga, uh, they've been good for for a long time. Um, Coach Mark Hughes played a lot of big men and forwards in the league and the player development is real well real good over there um, Tennessee same thing coach Barnes is coach Kevin Durant um, he developed Grant Williams in a two time SEC player of the year coach Marcus Aldridge many other pros it just developed them um, so and that's just their pitch to me uh, and they've, they've really preached how they would put the ball in my hands and Power. And so, yeah. I got you. Um, before we wrap up, uh, you definitely have not been shy in the past on, on social media and interviews uh, that, that become the number one prospect in the nation is, is a goal for you. Uh, we talked a little bit last week uh, um, why you could make a push, push for that top spot. I know Jake, he was, he was super high on you, said that he, he is, uh, that you're the number one player in the, in the class in, in, his, in his eyes. Uh, do you think that you're the number one player in the country? And if so, uh, what separates your game from everybody else? Um, I'm not going to say I, I mean, obviously I believe that I'm the best player, but I'm not going to say I'm better than anybody, but I don't think anyone's necessarily better than me. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, what was he saying again? What what, what separate what separates your game from everybody else in the country? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, I just feel like I'm really versatile, great teammate, play defense, I score, rebound, kind of just everything. Um, and uh, just able to do whatever the coach needs me to do. Uh, so that's kind of what I feel like I bring. That's just an all around game, being able to play D, rebound, pass. Uh, so, and yeah. and to close, what what will the school that lands Paolo ben, Benchero be getting, both as a player and as a person? A uh, good teammate, a guy who's always going to play hard, um, a talented player, a gifted player, who's always looking to get his teammates involved first, unselfish, um, an off court, uh, bright bright person, uh, is cool 
school with all the teammates and coaches. All right, man. Well, that's that is all we need from you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, good luck with the start of your school year and as you get ready for your junior season, man. Thank you. Great conversation we just had with Paolo Banchero. Uh, you know, right off the bat, what are your all's just kind of initial thoughts on on that interview? What do you think, Jake? Um, I was more intrigued when you brought up Tennessee and Gonzaga because I told you guys last week that I think Gonzaga actually could get him though. I said Tennessee mm -hmm. so. and Travis said Tennessee so talking about both of those I mean that's what I was kind of paying attention to and one other thing is when you brought up to him being open you know with him considering Washington him saying you know I'm considering going anywhere really I mean obviously he's considering Washington but he'll go anywhere no one's a favorite because everyone's saying Washington's been a lock for the longest time and he hasn't even visited there yet and it's, I mean he's been there but not going to visit, quote-unquote, but the whole Tennessee and Gonzaga talk, just hearing what he had to say about them, that was what I was thinking at because obviously the Kentucky-Duke talk, it's I feel like most often it's the same with every guy. Uh, oh, getting a call from Coach K is unreal, Coach Cal, whatever, but hearing about Gonzaga and Tennessee and why he's interested in those schools is what intrigued me. Yeah, I mean, he, he was very open about the fact that, that Gonzaga has developed good big men. And, I mean, they have. I mean, he's mm -hmm. he has a great point. He, they they kind of thrive on the, the, you know, power forward, you know, positionless big man. And they got out, some out they got some good ones there for the next two years. I mean, I think they got three or four that they have in their 2019 class. But I think two or three of those could be gone after maybe one or two years. So inserting Paolo right in there, I mean – you're not complaining of your Paolo. Yeah, he was very high on Mark Few, and, and then he even brought up Rick Barnes at, at Tennessee. Said that you know he had Lamarcus Aldridge. He's he is a has done a lot of good, great things. You know Grant Williams. He's done really good things with with elite big men in the past, and he he could see himself uh, fitting in there. Um, but yeah, I, I I think the biggest takeaway from that interview is the Washington news mm -hmm. or lack thereof. Honestly, the fact that he was not all that. You know, talkative about Washington said, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I'm home. This, you know, that aspect of it's always there. But, you know, as we kind of mentioned last week, there is a lot of buzz that he is strongly, strongly considering leaving the state of Washington. I think he does. Or, or at least just not playing, playing at Washington. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, the, you know, the fact that he was pretty open about it and said, you know, we said why those five official he, he has those those five official visits scheduled and he said those are the five schools that are recruiting me the hardest and that I feel the most comfortable with right now he did say that those weren't his you know he's not down to five or down to six even including Washington or anything like that but he did say those are the schools that have prioritized me and I feel like I want to give back to those programs and and do all that um, he named Michigan too as a new team that was coming in do you think Michigan's going to start Making a play yes. for these top guys. Yes. Oh, I'm telling you when. So I think this this last Peach Jam was the very first. I think right after Juwan Howard got hired at Michigan, the very first big event was at MBPA Top 100 Camp, and he walked in there, and it was you could you could tell there was this buzz, kind of like the first time Penny got his groove with things, and you know he kind of showed up at Peach Jam or at uh, various EYBL events and all that stuff, and he kind of had this little bit of swagger to him, like, yep. I've arrived. This is my this is my element. This is my scene. I'm a young, you know, up and coming, you know, head coach. I'm relatable. The kids know me. You know, all that For stuff. Sure. So 
I think there is that element with Juwan Howard. I know Josh Christopher said that by name. He said, he said, I'm very intrigued to see what a guy like Juwan Howard, who is, has been a five-star recruit in the past, who has been through what they mm-hmm. have gone through. And, you know, I kind of want to see how as much as, as much as people are going to be focusing on Penny Hardaway and what he does with James Wiseman this year and DJ Jeffries and all those guys, it's going to be very interesting to see what Michigan does in, the, in, in Juwan Howard's debut. I actually tweeted, I think maybe like a month ago, maybe a few weeks ago, in two or three months of Juwan Howard being on the job, I've seen Michigan in more like high-tier prospects final list than I did when Beeline was there. And I know that's crazy because Beeline did his system differently, like visit and you get an offer. But Howard's being more straight up with offers and giving guys more time. With, with Beeline, it seemed like, Oh, you got a 2019 recruit coming in. Jalen Wilson visit didn't take his official visit till almost when he committed, like maybe late, late, late in his recruitment. So I mean, Beeline was a lot slower with the process, and Howard's more straight up and quick with it. And I have heard recruits say that Jawan Howard's awesome, and it's really intriguing, and it's almost like getting recruited by Blue Blood. Well, I mean, you you bring up a really good point about about beeline because you, if if you were at the EYBL events or you saw you know any of the live period events it, he was almost in his own little element he did you know beeline was never all that and you know he was open about this he he's been interviewed about this a bunch and said I was not a fan of the you know when the shoe scandal hit when when all those schools he hated that he he wants a clean cut college basketball game and he knew where some of the sliminess was coming in with some of the other big name programs and he was very adamant about not wanting to be a part of that and I think when he could kind of tell that that college basketball as a whole was going to be you know kind of taking a little bit of a hit you could tell that it just kind of hit him and and this I mean just last year seeing him seeing him around it uh it's is a lot a lot different he's he is just you you couldn't pick two polar opposites with with Beeline and Juwan Howard could never have guessed that Beeline would be in the be an NBA coach while Jawan Howard was a college coach. Yeah, I thought it would have been completely 180. And that. and you know Howard very well may end up being a college coach or an NBA coach eventually. I mean he was Beeline's got to have like one or two years left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. But uh, you know Beeline's always been an X's and O's guy. He's always been a guy that is uh, definitely thrived on developing talent and getting getting those th- those four star low five star guys whenever he can get their mm-hmm. hands on them and just developing them and and creating you know his own his own product he is he is very much he's he created his own product in Michigan and and uh, it's very interesting to see what uh, how Juwan Howard is going to f- to flip that script just not, a little bit it would not surprise me if Juwan Howard had Michigan at the tip top of the Big Ten consistently from here on out. I think their 2020 class is going to be loaded. Um, they already got Zeb Jackson top 50, and he visited this weekend with Jaden Springer and Walker Kessler, and I heard right off the bat the three of them meshed. So that's something to look at. Jaden Springer, Walker Kessler, some big names. Yep. And Zeb Jackson's pretty underrated in my book. So I think Jawan Howard's going to get it going right away. Yeah, so Kentucky fans that are very uh, – anti Penny Hardaway right now because he's the you know the he's the sexy new guy on the block. <laughs> kind, of, kind of guy that, take, that all that hot take I think Juwan Howard's got a lot more staying power in recruiting than Penny does oh absolutely you know the thing Penny's getting right now is all these dudes dads are like oh yeah I love Penny Hardaway I'm gonna go I want my son to go play for him I used to love watching him play and then I mean Juwan Howard much I think he's Howard's gonna be a much better coach where Penny was a much better player yeah I mean the the proof was in the pudding with with 
Penny's AAU AAU team was. I mean, they were not that good at all. I mean, that was a uh, you know they 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 stumbled onto really good talent, and I I, I definitely think the X's and O's are going to start showing very soon with Penny. Uh, he proved to be a, you know he struggled a lot last year in his first year, and and I know he's going to have a it's going to it's going to be a very big year for him specifically with this big talent because if if they're not going to fire him after one year, but if he if he underwhelms. It's going to turn off a whole lot of up and coming recruits, and if he can't get those recruits, he's not going to develop that talent. That's what people don't he's realize. He's not going to develop it. Everything stems for for Memphis's future success. Everything stems on this one class. If this one class tanks, then I mean, we can get some guys. But like we talked about before, he lucked into all these guys. He took a one or two guys that nobody wanted with a bunch of red flags, and then we're going to see we're going to see if he can get them to mesh and put the egos aside. So. Well, that was a long, uh, long stem from what we thought about our, our interview with Paolo Banchero, but it was a great, great conversation with that. Uh, you know, speaking of, of Memphis and, and some of the Blue Bloods getting involved, the biggest news of this last week was the fact that 2021 top three guard Terrence Clark, you know, we've had a good, good little run of, of big news immediately after, mm-hmm. uh, you know, immediately after our, our podcast you know, these big, you know, this this big news is coming. So, uh, Terrence Clark set an announcement date for September 14th. Cut his list to Kentucky, Duke, Memphis, Boston College, UCLA, and Texas Tech. And I think even more importantly is the fact that he announced on Twitter that he was strongly considering a reclassification mm-hmm. and would decide in the spring after taking his ACT and SAT uh, if, if he could make that possible. And I, I know that's been the talk of, you know, he's, he's been open about it in, in private interviews and stuff on, on, um, you know, at Peach Jam and at various recruiting events. But this is the first time that he went public personally saying, yes, this is a decision that I'm very serious about. Um, and, and, We'll see how that goes. Um, and that kind of goes right in line with what we talked about last week because this time last week there was a lot of pessimism surrounding whether the fact whether or not he could actually make a reclassification happen. I know the people at his school are even still pessimistic. As as of the time of at the time of this recording, Terrence Clark is still not on campus at, at Brewster. They don't they don't start until this they the uh, guys don't arrive until this weekend. So this is a I mean he has a long way to go academically. We oh, yeah. that we we still don't know, you know, what his grades are like and and all that stuff. But he has a lot of hurdles to get through to fit two full years of of school in one. And that's why those those around the Brewster the Brewster program are a little bit pessimistic that it's going to be able to get done. That being said. He is very, very, very much wanting to make this happen. He is a guy that knows how good he is. You know, like we talked last week. I mean, this is a six foot seven, hundred and eighty pound freak athlete, long wingspan, one of the best scorers in the nation, regardless of class. Seventeen points per game, uh, six rebounds, four point three assists uh, during EYBL this last year. One point one steals per game, shot roughly thirty four percent from three. I mean, this is a guy that can do it all on both ends of the floor. People expect him to be an elite perimeter defender at the college level great score i mean if if he were to reclassify this is a guy that would be a top three top four prospect in the nation so you know a lot of kentucky fans that are you know getting after coach cal for not raking in top five guys anymore 
this is a guy that very well could could become that first one in, here in in just a little over a week. Um, so you know what what do you guys take of of this news right away and, and the and the timing of it, the fact that he's he's wanting to get a decision out of the way so quickly. Well, remember last week, the night after we recorded, I texted you and David Sisk and talked after I talked to a counselor and teacher that had helped a former five star read class somebody that somebody my family knows they said that is where he's at right now is completely doable if he wants to do it they said it's really not that hard so it's complete 180 from what everybody was thinking Mm -hmm. but i mean it's one of those things i guess we'll guess we'll see but if he reclassifies i think he is the number three player behind i think kate cunningham is the best player in the country and then evan mobley number two i'd put him at number three right behind those guys yeah and i i mean i came on the show last week when and told you guys that i think it's doable. I'm hearing his grades aren't what everyone's saying they are, and I think that it's more doable than everyone's making it seem. So, I mean, I think that it's going to happen. I'm still set on that. And the timing of it, I mean, this is coming. This announcement's coming, what, two days after all the Kentucky buzz came out? So yep. I don't know if that means something. Maybe he's like, crap, everyone knows where I'm going. Might as well get it out the way. Like, that's something that I was thinking about. I was like, right when he posted this news, I was like, it's not Boston College unless, you know, he shocks everybody. I was just Which is the that, only school that he's visited other than mm-hmm. Kentucky. Yeah, it was it was just an elimination process for me and then I just thought about all this Kentucky buzz came out and literally everybody's talking about it and he's like, Wow, like everyone knows where I'm going, I might as well just get it out the way instead of being a tease, you know? Yeah, after after last week you Travis, you talked to us and I, I also heard that what for whatever reason Clark has he's gotten a green light from somewhere that makes him think that this is doable for sure. And, and I don't, you know, I, I don't know the ins and outs of, of how, how the class, you know, what he would specifically have to do to make, to, to make that eligibility. But for whatever reason, he absolutely thinks that he can get it done. And he knows where he is physically. Like I said, he's, you know, he's one of the, he could be starting in college right now. He could start in college right now and make an impact. And I think he knows that. And in his mind, he's like, why wait? And I think the reason why he's not willing to jump on a reclassification right now is for whatever reason. I think he's. I think he has decided on himself that he's reclassifying to 2020. I think he 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 knows that he can get it done at least from what he's been told. And he, as much as he would want to announce that and and make that happen for if in a slight chance that he isn't able to make it happen or or something falls through or wasn't what he expected yeah. it to be or for whatever reason he can't do it he doesn't want to look like you know yeah there's not <clears throat> there's not much to gain from completely saying 100% reclassification but the, and, and but there is a lot to be said with him coming out and saying that I'm strongly considering it yeah. because then some of these other top recruits can decide okay so they're going to get this kid locked up he's wanting to reclassify to 2020 do I want to join him do I want to leave is this it, it, do I want to you know create the super team with him or is he going to be a ball dominant player and and I'm not going to be able to get mine by going there so it, there's there's a lot of benefits for on his on his end because he wants to secu- he wants to secure a spot in the offense and say you know I I want to come the plan is for me to come create some space for me because last week we were talking about before he announced everything everybody thought he was going to announce in the spring if he's going to reclassify to like wait and see if he could and then Jalen Green might get jump on that spot first so now the tables have turned a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, um, very interesting. Like uh, as far as the 
the schools it themselves are concerned um we've been touching a little bit on on this kentucky buzz because it's it's legit i mean last week at the time of at the time of our recording i think he had like three or four crystal ball picks for kentucky i think he had one more for was it duke I think, I think he, that was an old one. I think, it, and it, but I'm just saying yeah. it, it wasn't 100 percent back then. Mm-hmm. And then since then, he's gotten like seven seven consecutive picks, uh, most notably from Andrew Slater, Jerry Meyer, 24 seven Sports, Corey Evans, and Eric Bossy of Rivals.com. They've also made David picks. Sisk as well, and he won't David put Sisk. he won't put in one unless he's 100. percent Oh, he's a guy. Yeah, he's definitely a guy that that is has to be 100 percent certain before he does it. So the buzz out there is absolutely real. We told you last week that that. Uh, you know that Kentucky is a, a legitimate landing spot and is the likely landing spot at this point. And uh, I mean, I I don't think that it, it should be understated that how good this kid is. I mean, this is a th- this is a kid that I believe right now is better than Jalen Green. I think he's better than Josh Christopher. Um, you know, and I, I you guys I've talked on the podcast in the past about how high how high I am on both of those guys. How he was able to control the floor. Talking about Clark, how he's able to control the floor. Um, at MBPA Top 100 camp against guys of all ages. I mean, he was playing against, you know, 2020 kids, uh, you know, just some of the best of the best. He was able to do his own thing. He was able to create his own shots, uh, make those shots. You know, Peach Jam, uh, EYBL circuit, he was able to do that exact same thing. This is a no-joke top five kid in the class, no matter what class he goes in. He could – in 2019, he probably would have been a top five uh, top five option. So – uh, for Kentucky fans that have been really wanting wanting that next level guy over the last several years, you're getting him. This is a uh, I I don't want to go on the you know go on the record and be like it's a done deal and all that, but there is there is buzz that he has been silently committed now for about two weeks, three yep. weeks. I've heard that rumor as well. So <laughs> I mean, just, I think where there's smoke, there's fire. I think this is happening. Right. And, and I mean, I'm not going to beat around the bush, but. I think it would take something out of complete left field for this to not be Kentucky in 2020. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, kind of adding on to just that narrative. Uh, you know, Jalen Green is it, his situation goes hand in hand with what Terrence Clark is doing. Um, you know, and, and he recently this this last week he scheduled uh, his his official visits. Uh, he set the first for September 13th through the 15th to Oregon. Auburn from September 26th to 29th, Memphis from October 2nd to the 5th, uh, and Kentucky from October 16th through the 19th. Um, and then I think he's also taking an unofficial to USC from September 6th to the 8th, uh, which is this this weekend, actually. Um, what's pretty interesting about the Kentucky news, uh, his dad told us last week that, that they were leaning toward um, – that they were leading toward Big Blue Madness for his official visit, but then they they realized that the USA Basketball Camp is that same weekend, October 11th. Um, so they they wanted to make sure that he was you know able to be there the whole weekend, that he was um, you know he'd get his own time and all that stuff. So that so that weekend, the, the following weekend, made the most sense for that. Um, you know, what do you guys think of that that list and the fact that uh, Kentucky's getting that last visit? I said this last week, the last visit means everything, regardless of who it is. That's the last impression you're getting. I mean, that, bias. that is, that is if he, if he takes all these visits, that is, what if he decides to take these visits and then says, I want to go to commit to Kentucky and say that before he visits, like 
timing could change. I said this last week also. Timing on recruiting can change. Like, you could plan five visits. Josh Christopher has visits planned in February, and he's saying he wants to commit soon. So, I mean, that just shows, like, timing is timing is bound to change in, in recruiting. So, the timing of the visits and where Kentucky is listed in those visits, which is which is last, I mean, once again, the buzz leads towards them. I'm still here in Memphis, though. Memphis has that October second to the fifth visit after, which is that that's their midnight madness, right? Yeah, yeah, that's their. I believe that's their midnight madness event. I'm still hearing Memphis buzz. I've been saying this for three weeks, and it still hasn't changed. So that's one team I'd keep an eye on, and I keep an eye on for Oregon too. They have that first visit. I'm hearing there's a lot of buzz with with him and Josh also, and they really want him and Josh just like UK does. But that's something I keep an eye on. I'm hearing a lot of Oregon Memphis buzz, and obviously the yeah uh, i've never seen such a disconnect and such a high level recruitment between like insiders like we talked to people in his camp i talked to one of them on a day-to-day basis and he's like anti-memphis like wants him to go to kentucky and develop like we talked about in the first episode still tells me that every day it was i asked him about the memphis buzz a couple days ago and he pretty much said screw memphis you don't send a kid like this to memphis and a few days ago i had texted him because I had three people message me and say UCLA might be the front runner, and that must have been all smoke from someone in that program. That, well, that was that was nuts, and because because three three people within twenty minutes texted me that. Yeah, that that night we you know we had talked with David Sisk as well, and all three of us got at least one message. I only got one. You got three. He got one. I, I think it was one, maybe two, but but that UCLA came out of nowhere. And I, I went on KSR and wrote a post about it, just said, Hey, this is really weird timing. You know, the, the, you know, UCLA has gotten zero buzz with Jalen green over the last little bit. We had talked about Josh Christopher, maybe having a little bit of UCLA buzz, but uh, the fact that Jalen green kind of came out of left field, left field with that was very bizarre. And then not long after People came out and said, "No, nah, this UCLA buzz is, is garbage." Is is that kind of aligning with what you heard, Travis? Yeah, the uh, I'm looking through text right now. The UCLA, like I talked to uh, another person, they said that UCLA was kind of out of left field, and they they said that they think it was just complete smokescreen to make it seem like he's more open and all that. And like I said, uh, kind of kind of just deferring away from like he wants more attention. Than like just Memphis and Kentucky, it seems like. Yeah, and and I've he, heard that his camp is also playing games a little bit. Like UK and his stepdad might not be seen eye to eye. Like they won't hone in on a. Well, now they have, but they weren't honing in on a visit. They're kind of stringing them along, and there was like rumors that somebody's trying to sabotage the UK class from an outside and like another like university of some sort. Yeah, and which yeah, it's it's. That would be a big shame if that were the case. Um, but I don't know if you saw on Jalen Green's Instagram story, was it yesterday or two days ago, he said something along the lines of, I'm not going to be cutting my list. You guys are just going to have to see where I commit. Who knows? Maybe it's going to be somewhere that you guys have no idea. And that went right along with the UCLA buzz. That that. that Right along the same time frame of that, so maybe, maybe that was him I think as well going day. out there trying to to stir the pot a little bit and and just kind of add some intrigue to it because the only two schools that people have been talking about have, have been Kentucky and Memphis with a very slight buzz with, with Oregon. So I don't know if that was him just you know trying to put that smoke out there to to at least 
make it look like he's as as open as possible, but uh, very interesting. I think that him and Josh both get. I mean, they're kids. Everybody's got to remember this. And UK take UK fan base takes the bait on everything. If they want to troll like fan bases, UK is the best one to troll. They, nobody has no clue. They're like they'll post something like, "Oh, I can't wait to team up," and then their best friends are like, "Oh, y'all are trolling hard." Blah 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 on Instagram. So I mean, nobody really knows, but it's got to be either Memphis or UK. Yeah. Right? That, that's kind of where I'm leaning, and and one thing that mm-hmm. I I do think really needs to be needs to be stated is that as much as they want to play together in college, as much as Jalen Green and Josh Christopher think that they're a perfect duo, all that, it's not a done deal. No. It's not it's not like they're an official package deal. It's not like they are recruiting for themselves. You know, the, the, it's not like they're going on this recruiting tour and saying you you get one you get the both of us who you know who's going to be the best fit for us it, th- th- that's not how this is going they are they have their own individual recruitment recruitments one very well could end up at, at Kentucky i think it's more likely to be Josh Christopher than than Jalen Green I, like i told you I, i'm still very high on Kentucky's chances with with Jalen Green not as much as as Josh Christopher but i do see a scenario where uk can land one of the two and have it not be a, a big deal like it it it's not like they have to go to the same schools or UK's you know class of 2020 is is down the drain or whatever I think that this package deal quote package deal could be comparable to Scotty Lewis and Brian Antoine last year great great comparison up for a year and a half two years everybody's like oh they're going to the same school and then they both go to Villanova and Florida Mm -hmm. and then I think if my prediction right now if Terrence Clark reclasses and comes to Kentucky that Jalen Green comes to Kentucky and Josh Christopher goes to Arizona State. Really? That's that's mine. That's that, that's, that's what I'm going with. That's right interesting because I if in that scenario I probably because I I think Josh Christopher is more skilled as a um, I, I think there are people in Jalen Green's camp that want him um, with the ball in his hands a lot more running point guard that you know that kind of scenario but I think Josh Christopher is more skilled with the ball in his hands uh, as a distributor and as a as a leader of an offense Um, so I would not be shocked if 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 it's Josh Christopher running point guard or Emmanuel quickly Mm -hmm. returning whatever whatever the situation is but where Josh Christopher is of this recruiting class the ball the ball dominant leader of the offense followed by Terrence Clark at the two BJ Boston at the three and then We'll see what happens. Or Emmanuel quickly at the one, Josh Christopher at the two, BJ, uh, Terrence Clark at the three, BJ Boston at the four. What I'm going off of with Josh is he could very well be like swayed on his visit, but I know for a fact that his mom wants him to stay out on the West Coast. Sure. That I think mom could went, went out there and go. he'd go play with his brother at Arizona State. That's just my thing. But I just got a text a second ago. I said, this is going in line with what we were just talking about. Said, quote, think people are feeding misdirection with Jalen. It's something new every day, even with one of the guys I talked to. I think he may be doing it on purpose. Jalen is very protective of what gets out from what I've gathered. And so, I that, mean, like we said, smoke screen somewhere. We just don't know where. We're trying to weed through that. National guys think Memphis. UK insiders, everybody that's talking to them is UK. But. I think Oregon is slept on. Yeah, Oregon is yeah. definitely a dark horse. I think they're slept on. I said this last week too. I think that they're slept on. I think Oregon can have one or one or the other, if if not both. But it won't surprise me if he goes overseas at the end of the day. Really oh yeah, that, yep. yeah. I just I, this has a really weird R.J. Hampton vibe to it. Yes, because it does. I remember over the last think, two months of that R.J. Hampton recruit, maybe even a little bit longer than that. 
that it seemed like every other week, because I know for a fact that his camp, they were pushing Kentucky over that last month or two, saying, oh, we love Coach Cal. We are big fans. If it if it were up to us, we would love to, you know, if, if they had been there for for as long or whatever, that we would, we would love to send him to Kentucky. And then there was the Kansas bus. He was – damn near committed to Kansas there said for, he would. for the for the very end of it. He said if I had gone to college, he would have done that. Uh, I know Memphis thought that they were getting him for a long time. Uh, there there were just so many different di- directions with that. And then he comes out afterward and says, ha, 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 got you the whole time I'd been signed. I've been signed overseas. So, for, I've, been signed, I've been signed overseas situation. for a month. And I know that really got under a lot of people's skin with, with that. But, but this – I, I got to be honest, this does have a very but strong see, R.J. Hampton feel to it. this guy that I talked to in his camp is like literally sent me texts and was like, R.J. Hampton's dad is a clown. Sure. Either he is completely smokescreening the crap out of me, which I don't get how that would benefit him in any way, other than he, yeah, knows, I mean, yeah. he knows that I have like a lot of people follow us and we all talk, and he's trying to get like Jalen pumped up and, and then get some big decision. But And one thing that, that – does need to be stated um, is we, I I heard that well there's there's a little bit of buzz that R.J. Hampton's dad is is gonna is get a commission on yes, guys that go if if they go to the NBL and and sign with with the um, that with that shoe with, the, the, with the breakers um, or was it the shoe company or the team or the shoe yeah because what's it uh, what's that shoe company called Lining 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 where Dwayne um, Wade is. Yeah, so that I, I've heard he's getting commission on that, and I've also heard that he can make as much as three million dollars this year. RJ Hampton can in one year before going overseas or going to the NBA. See, but I don't get like I don't think there's that much benefit to going overseas instead of a blue blood like Duke or Kentucky or Kansas or UCLA. Well, not UCLA, but North Carolina, where you have these big platforms. I think in the long run, you're giving yourself so much more money. It's a marathon, not a sprint. The only, only thing that's going to keep you from getting that money is an injury. Yeah, think think about how much money Zion Williamson made at this last year. He made Th- forget three million dollars. Thirty on, million or something. Oh, at least Before in terms even? of just self self endorsement and and him being the biggest superstar on the planet. For a long time, even with his injury, he probably made money on yeah, that. Yeah, that, that shoe was the best injury. thing that happened to him. Oh yeah, because he he was able to sell his brand and said, "Look, you know the type of body I have. You know I'm a I'm a big boy. I need some shoes that'll you know you, you know what I what I produce on the court. You know what I produce from a money standpoint for sponsorships and and from a fan fan perspective. You gotta you have to earn me making forty three dollars a second. I think. Yeah, he was able to to <laughs> to go on this. Uh, apparel tour and and sell his own you know they had to come at him it wasn't him selling himself it was it, it was phenomenal for him back to Jalen Green real quick another thing that I just looked at on my phone it made me more confused last night an AAU coach from a different program text that I have a relationship with we were texting back and forth about a different player and he was saying yeah one uh one Jalen Green's dudes is saying UK for Jalen to me so he's he's getting a smoke screen which I don't know why another AAU program that has nothing to do with college would get smokescreen, but I mean, <laughs> it's gonna be a there while before we find out. The na- there is not one national person right now that says Kentucky. Not one. Every single one of them says Memphis. Th- I have heard that that is Mike Miller at Memphis feeding that stuff. And then I mean, he's trying to hype it. I am not faulting Memphis at all for this. If this if this is the case, this could be 
false or whatever, I'm not faulting him at all because he's selling his brand, and the more he can get his, you know, his name and, and Penny Hardaway's name and, and the Memphis coaching and just the Memphis program in itself in other people's mouths and get you know get that word of mouth going, that's better chances that he has with other guys. I don't fault him in the slightest. Good for him if that's how he does that. But all I'm saying is, I I just I haven't talked to some of these national guys personally and know where they're getting this information and, and all that. And I am, I I hear it. I understand that's where the buzz is coming from. I understand that there is a lot of Memphis buzz right now, but I am not going to discount this Kentucky buzz either, based on who we've talked to and, and all that stuff. There is there is significant Kentucky buzz for significant reason from not just Kentucky side of things, not just in you know within the Kentucky program. We're talking with Jalen's camp, and you know when I've talked to his father, he's been very open, open about Kentucky, about how much he loves Kentucky and, and all that. I just want people to slow down a little bit with the, with, I mean, with both sides, honestly, I don't, don't take what the national guys say f- at, at, you know, as gospel. Don't take what we say as gospel. Oh, yeah, to be totally sure. honest. Not, I mean, this is we a, we could be totally wrong. This is a top five. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's, I want them to come back yeah. to this podcast as, you know, learning something, you know, inside stuff that they hadn't before. But I'm just saying there is a lot of misdirection, a lot of different things going on right now. Just have an open mind. He is a top three kid in the country. And usually whenever you get those high profile kids, the recruitments get a little bit more fuzzy than, yeah. than some of the, you know, Especially Jalen is the biggest guys. rock star in the class. Oh, Him and Josh absolutely. both. They, and, and that's kind of unfortunate on different levels because they are so well aware of their self-branding. Mm-hmm. They are big on making sure that they that they sell their product. They are they are individual products of themselves. They, you know, Josh has done the whole Stranger Things. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's big on that. He's sold himself. I mean, he, he is... Models on Instagram. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm telling you, they... They know what they're doing. They're making themselves a lot of money by doing it for next year when they get to the NBA because they're going to be incredible sponsor sponsor guys. But just have an open mind with Jalen specifically because there is a lot of misdirection, a lot of stuff. There's a lot of Memphis buzz. There's a lot of Kentucky buzz. There's been recent UCLA and Oregon buzz. Just, But a lot of the people have said Memphis too. Besides, there's been a couple recent crystal balls for, Kentucky, or for Memphis. They're old crystal balls that they're just sitting on until they get some concrete info. Mm-hmm. It's, it'll probably go down the wire. If it does change, they won't change it to the last day or two. Right. Yeah, so we, we will see how that goes. Um, obviously, things can change with visits. There's, there's buzz that he won't wait He won't wait till that December 25th uh, announcement date. Um, he might jump on an offer or jump on a, a commitment after one of these big visits. Who knows? Um, but right now, it is uh, – um, Pretty important to just just keep an open mind with with the Jalen Green saga. Um, and another bit of news that almost seems like it's kind of just flown under the radar is the fact that UK hosted a five star power forward on campus this past week and on an official visit. And it seems like nobody's talking about this kid. I mean, this is a top thirty kid, in the, you know, top twenty kid in the nation. Top 20. Yeah, I mean, top twenty kid in the nation. One of the most athletic, you know, skilled run- rim runners defensive guru i mean just he you know thrives on defense he's a he is an awesome awesome player and he was on on campus this weekend and i think he got two crystal ball picks Mm -hmm. for kentucky afterward um but it is so strange that we've heard almost nothing about Mm -hmm. how this visit has gone and you know the fact that 
there's there's a lot of rumblings that an, that an offer did come, but I, yeah. he. If you look at his Twitter page and you know some of his other social media, he's a guy that after every visit or after every official offer that he's received, he has gone on record and said, so blessed to receive an offer from Alabama or Michigan State or whatever. He is open about when he gets these official offers, and he has yet to do that on, on his social media. So I don't know why – what's up with the secrecy here or any of that stuff. Like, it's, it's just very, very bizarre. I feel like there's always more secrecy with the Blue Bloods. That's just me. Like I feel like I, I've heard this in, this situation before, where guy takes an official and he goes with no offer, and you don't really hear for a little bit what actually went on on the visit. But I mean, his camp was pretty confident before the visit that he was going to land an offer, and from what I'm hearing, he did land the offer. And if they if they didn't, if he didn't, then I mean, I guess it'll come at some point. I mean. It's a, it's a weird situation, I, for real. I texted one of his buddies earlier, and since we've been sitting here, he texted me back, and then uh, I asked him how how Isaiah says his visit went. He said I talked to him a little bit. He said he enjoyed it, and it would be special if he could play at UK. And then I asked him if he got an offer. He hasn't opened that yet, so said it could could be special if he could play at UK. Yeah, Isaiah said it would be special if he could play at UK. So from. <laughs> You know, in every visit. But that sounds like it could mean that he doesn't have an offer. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It it would be special to play there, meaning, like, I don't have an offer yet, but when I get it, then that's what it sounds like. There are a couple instances in the past where visits have gone poorly, and some of the the big name ones, you know, Isaiah Stewart's to Kentucky, notably, and, you know, there there are some other, other visits that. UK had a lot of momentum. They get a visit scheduled, and then all momentum's gone immediately after, for whatever reason, where it's obvious that the visit did not go as planned. Um, this is not one of them. I did hear that there's that this visit did go well. Um, I, I saw some people that that were that were there during the official visit that saw that he that Isaiah was having a great time taking um, pictures with fans there oh yeah he was stuff. at the games you know there were a lot of fans that, that reached out to us and said oh yeah you know I, I sat next to Isaiah or you know talked to him you know walking through they loved it and you know it, it, he did enjoy himself and all that but the fact that we haven't heard anything since then about you know an official confirm public offer it's very bizarre could this be one of those situations where he says f posting about the offer i'm committing here and i'm just gonna wait to post my commitment could this be one of those i mean it's i mean he is a guy that said that he was planning on signing in Mm -hmm. november exactly he he is an early signing period guy and and he said that he wasn't gonna make an official decision um on it on a visit so maybe he was he's a guy like johnny juzang who took his official to Kentucky let, went home let it you know let it sit for a little while make sure that th- this is exactly what he wanted and then said boom I'm I'm done I'm ready I to, think that's to exactly what I think he's going to commit to UK soon You think so That's that's my gut right now I'm waiting to see from his friend if he got offered or not um my thing is if UK is slow playing him I don't want to see them get burnt like they have in years past where they put all their eggs in like let's say Isaiah Todd's basket and then he goes overseas and then you miss then out on, which, on is, that. which is growing louder and louder, I must yeah. say. Agreed. Yeah, it, it will be uh, very interesting. I know Corey Evans, I believe, made a uh, – he, he did a mailbag yesterday or the day before or whatever where he said that um, – but in terms of the guys that had the highest odds of, of, of ending up at Kentucky, Isaiah Jackson was one and Lance Ware was two. And – 
even though Lance Ware has not scheduled an official visit, visit yep. even though he hasn't scheduled an official yet, Kentucky still has to be seen as the heavy, heavy, heavy favorite at this point. Oh yeah, I mean, oh yeah. There's there have been there's been buzz that you know for a long, long time that that he has been waiting for that offer. It's his it's his his dream offer, um, and I think the visit's going to get a line very soon. I wouldn't worry about that at all. I I'm more confident about UK landing Lance Ware than Isaiah Jackson, just out of, just out of the unknown more than anything. If, you know, I, I do think he was, he's very high on Kentucky and, and if that offer was official and, it, and, and he's a committable, it's a committable offer right now, he's a take, then I think it's more of if, not if, but when. See, that kind of, that's the only thing that caught me off guard with him. I thought he was going to be the type that would pop soon after that Kentucky offer. Cause I knew he coveted it. Who Lance Ware? Yeah. Yeah. Lance Ware. And, uh, I thought he's going to be committed by now, honestly. Yeah, um, we'll we'll see. I, I think he is still an early, early signing guy. Um, I think all of his visits are over the next several weeks. He's already taken one or two. Jake, was it who Lance Ware? How he, many, Ohio just, State. Just one official. Ohio so far? State, and I heard it went extremely well. And I. Th- think then he visits Michigan later this month I believe yeah no matter what it is these visits are happening sooner rather than later um, and I do expect to I'm hearing that the Ohio State visit went extremely well and Ohio State's really high on him and that's what I'm hearing obviously you're getting the UK buzz but I'm hearing Ohio State went well but he's got Michigan next this, this upcoming weekend so see how that Michigan visit actually starts tomorrow actually matter of fact and, and so, while those are kind of seen as the, at least in the, the Corey Evans' eyes, that that those are the the two big names right now, possibly going to Kentucky. The other the other names that people need to be aware of are Isaiah Todd, Greg Brown, who also scheduled an official visit for Kentucky in January. I believe it was the tenth through the twelfth, um, mid January. He will be in Lexington, and then McCur Maker, who nobody, I mean. The buzz right him right now is that that he is overseas bound. But if for whatever he said, he's going to monitor R.J. Hampton situation and and see how that goes. And if it doesn't go as planned, uh, then he very well might end up at college. And if he does go to college, Kentucky is is a very serious option for him. Is that kind of what you guys are? I never hearing? feel comfortable making a prediction on any maker kid to play in college. Did, Unless he comes out and says, I'm playing college, then we'll go from there. But mm-hmm. with overseas on the table, I, it would just surprise me so much if he ends up in college. I agree. Yeah, I remember when Thon Maker was he – was, he was one of those guys like McCurmaker where he was begging schools to offer him and recruit him and say, dude, I'm serious. Like, let me – and I, I, I heard Kentucky's side of it during that was almost like, when you're ready to get serious about this, we'll get serious. And I think that's almost the same boat that McCurr's in right now. I think they have let it be known that they'd love to have him next year. They, you know, they do think he is an elite talent and all that. But I don't buy the college talk, and I don't think the Kentucky staff is too. And, and until he makes that decision that he is going to stay in the States and not go overseas, I don't think Kentucky will pull, in, pull the trigger on an offer. Another note on – you mentioned Greg Brown. His – AAU team's owner is, I believe. Texas Titans, yeah. Yeah, Texas Titans. I believe I read right that he's a UK booster is what I, we heard. I don't I, I don't know if he's a an official booster, but because uh, I don't know how a, a 
a booster would be allowed to be the yeah, director of a pro. But that's what somebody texted. And I think it came across wrong. Nonetheless, nonetheless, he is a UK fan, and as we've seen with Julius Randle in the past, there's a reason that when Kate Cunningham, uh, when when for the longest time before he set his official list and started taking visits and all that, and and before his brother got hired at Oklahoma State, that Kentucky was the scene as a strong leader for him. And I, I remember Cade kind of said something along the lines of, I, I don't understand why everybody thinks that I'm going to Kentucky. And it's just like, well, you know, we, we can, you know, we can see that there's some ties there. There are some Kentucky ties with where he is. And, Greg Brown is Kate Cunningham's teammate at with, with the Texas Titans on the AAU circuit, and and I think that relationship is definitely one that people need to watch. And in fact, uh, Evan Daniels recently came out and said that uh, UK is a team that that you should not count out on for Greg Brown, even with the Texas buzz and the fact that his camp has openly said that they have develop the best relationship out of everybody with with him he's taking an official right now i think he's on his way to uh texas for that right now um and so that that is definitely something that we should watch i think something we should also watch is just how shaka smart does this year if ut is is absolutely horrible and he gets fired or you know because i do think there's a little bit of um just a little bit, a little bit of, of sense of anxiety down there about how things are going, and they're they're wanting that program to take that next step up, and and maybe he gets fired after this year. Maybe that would change a lot of things for you know if if, if Greg Brown's main guy at, at Texas is gone, what does that mean for his recruitment? Uh, I I definitely think it's it's a beneficial aspect aspect that he is waiting until the spring to make a decision. Um, this I think his official in in January will be big, and I I do think that UK could could make a a big run for him, especially considering how quiet they even burst onto the scene. He didn't make Kentucky didn't make his top ten list, and then made his top five, and then people didn't even know if he had an offer. And then he told David Sisk that uh, he had an offer the whole time. He had an offer he right after Peach Jam, and they've been quiet about their contact. There was high mutual interest. So I think if I'd go as far as to say that if he does not land at Texas, that Kentucky is is that number two option for him mm-hmm. right now. Is that something you guys agree with? I agree. I agree. I wouldn't count out North Carolina either. Sure. Yeah, and I think what's the rest of his top five? Kentucky, Memphis, North Carolina, Texas. Was it Auburn? And Auburn. Auburn's Auburn. that fifth one. And there was a little bit of early Auburn bo- Auburn buzz, mm-hmm. but that's kind of died out that a little died bit. died out a lot. Uh, Memphis. I still think might be in, in the run, in, in, oh, yeah. in the run. Um, but it's just it's just a situation to watch out for specifically, and and how um, you know, especially with Isaiah Todd. I think Isaiah Todd is is Kentucky's top front court front court target. Um, but I do think that there's a sense within the UK coaching staff that, that he's he's thinking overseas a little bit, and they don't want to be screwed over in the end they don't want to go all in on Isaiah Todd get that you know I do think that if he goes to goes to college I do think Kentucky is number one and I think North Carolina is number two pretty yep. close behind but I, I think I've always said I think it's Kentucky or overseas in either order and then North Carolina third I think that's exactly <laughs> I think that's exactly right so I think Kentucky is aware of those overseas rumors they don't want to get screwed over in the end so he's the number one option and 
Kentucky's going to need four four signatures from big men next year. They're losing Nick Richards, E.J. Montgomery, and Nate Sestina. They have no front court as of today for next year. I think it's a grad transfer year for sure. Uh, yeah, if we'll see. they get their top flight guys. If they get Isaiah Todd, say McCurr Maker decides to go to, go to college for whatever reason. I don't think it happens, but say that happens. And say – or McCurr Maker or Greg Brown. Say either of those two. Or, you know, a Cliff Omarui or a Dawson Garcia gets involved. Because Dawson, I know UK has been really high on him. I think he was really sick for the latter part of the live period. And UK didn't want to pull the trigger on an offer when they couldn't see him in action. So I think that they're going to watch him pretty closely during the fall. See how his how his senior season goes. Um, and I think... Another thing to consider is Dawson's waiting until the spring to make a decision. He wants to he wants to be patient with it and all that, so he could be a late option as well. Um, but UK needs four four big men, or if they're going to do a four out one in like like the, there's rumors, they might go. The, nonetheless, they're going to need three to four signatures from big men next year, and the the those five six names kind of keep circling around as the main options for them. Mm-hmm. I think you can get away with signing three. I think you could play Brooks full-time at the four next year. I'm banking on him coming back at this point. I think he'll be a two-year I've guy. He- I've heard that the Kentucky staff believes that one of Khalil Whitney or Keon Brooks will return next year. So yeah, either one of those. Depending, floor, depending yeah. on who thrives, I, I, I think it would be kind of silly to not think that would be Khalil Whitney is the one that would be leaving <laughs> and Keon Brooks to return. Mm-hmm. But I do think – I think that – the staff wants Keon Brooks to bulk up a little bit more. They want they, they think he could play the four, but before they do that, they want him to bulk up and do that. I mean, he's a true six nine guy, so he's it's not like he's undersized at all. And I think Khalil Whitney, he has a strength, he has the NBA ready body, but I think he just needs to, uh, you know, focus on his skills a little bit better. Um, you know, he's a little bit out of control at times. Ball handling needs help. Um, so there, there's some flaws with both players, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if one of those guys returns. Which, who knows, you know that could and if if it works out with the four out one in next year with you know UK wanting to go back to the dribble drive, maybe they don't go all in on a fourth big man. Maybe they keep one from the from last year and then sign three more or sign two two elite guys and bring in a grad transfer. Whatever there is, there there are options. It's not like UK is is not in good position with any of them because they are just about what's going to be the best fit with. I think they want to go after their guards. They want to make sure that they have the, the you know their their go to guards lined up and then kind of fit in the big man after that. Uh, is that kind of what how you guys see it unfolding? Mm-hmm. Well, with that, I believe we are out of time. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to add? Uh, nope. No. Uh, Should we? Uh, well, didn't you have a note on Kennedy Chandler? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for reminding me. Um, Kentucky will see Kennedy Chandler end of September. There's no date yet, but they said that they're gonna see him, and this interest kind of heated up or started went after Mo Cam won Peach Jam. It started during Peach Jam, but it he it got even even more significant when they won, and Duke is also in there, but. I'm hearing they're gonna see how he does when they watch him. It's I think it's gonna be a closed workout. I don't know what it what it's gonna be, but I'm hearing there's a lot of interest there. Um, he's not a guy that's gonna reclassify unless obviously something changes. But 
I mean, it's something I'd pay attention to. Yeah, it's just a live period. A lot of schools will go see guys that eventually they'll never mm-hmm. offer. But I would keep an eye on this because Kennedy Chandler is a top 30 prospect in the country, and I think he's only growing from where he is now. So it is something I keep an eye on, though, yeah, for well, sure. Kind of what I mentioned earlier about Devin Askew with Jalen Green. Why, you know, I was sitting there watching Team Why Not for Jalen Green, and then Devin Askew ends up being the – you know, neck and neck for the best player on the floor. I mean, Devin Askew is up there in terms of talent, and the same same Wait, goes same goes with with uh, Kennedy Chandler with me watching in Folly Dante uh, with that Mocaine Elite program. Um, I was sitting there watching watching Mocaine for in Folly Dante, and I was like, man, this kid is is a stud. And and I that donkey out over Jalen. Oh, it was oh, it was nuts. I mean that. Kenny Chandler is a he's a ball he's a baller he's strong athletic he can make tough shots he's a he's a dog he is he's a lot of dog in him and I think Kentucky coaching staff likes that um, so that's something that uh, we should watch out for it's a good little scoop that you have Travis is there anything else you want to add do you want to have the uh, Jalen Green Terrence Clark debate this what, episode or next episode you know what let's do it right now let's do it right now. If you could only so say say Josh Christopher commits, say BJ Boston's already there. You have to pick one to match those two skill sets. Who are you going between Terrence Clark and Jalen Green? Terrence. Why? Terrence Clark. You, you, I, I, I need a, a breakdown. No, Terrence you're gonna too. you're gonna get a breakdown. But I mean, you said this as in terms. I'll go back to what you said about Jalen and Josh. How Josh is more skilled. Um, I think it's the same scenario with Terrence Clark. He's just he's just a really smart basketball player, and obviously the athleticism there. But if you're talking IQ, I mean, Terrence Clark's just a, a smart basketball yeah. player. The IQ is just through the roof, and his upside can compete with anybody, anybody regardless of class. And I, I'd rather have Terrence Clark. Trust what you think. I go with Terrence Clark. Uh, I think he's more versatile, um, better ball handler, bigger body, more all ra- more well rounded right now at this point. Jalen's going to make more highlight plays, I'd say, but and might have more of an excitement factor. But Terrence Clark, I think, is the best wing in, in high school basketball right now, regardless of class. I'd rather have the, the skilled player that makes the right and smart plays than the exciting highlights. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I think in five years, I think Jalen Green will be an NBA superstar. I think I think he has a higher ceiling, higher potential. But if you're asking for one year – of Terrence Clark or Jalen Green, I think it'd be silly to not go with with Terrence Clark. Like you guys said, he is such a refined game. He is just so smart, so skilled. Um, just he, like you said, he makes the right plays at the right time. Uh, he he shot a little. I mean, he was he shot thirty four percent during the regular season at EYBL, but I think it was low twenties um, at Peach Jam. Um, kind of a slow release a little bit. I think he's going to need to speed that up a little bit at the college level. Um, but in terms of being a pure athlete, being a, a smart – he's a guy that can bring the ball up the floor and make the right play and, and, and run an offense with Josh Christopher. Josh Christopher, I think, is better than Jalen Green uh, as, a, as a ball distributor, ball handler, and all that. And I think Terrence Clark fits in right right there. And I think B.J. Boston's another one of those guys that can take the ball and just go. Um, and I think when you have – Coach Kyle's looking for versatile, positionless. He's a he is a positionless coach, and to bring in a guy, there are three guards that that can all have you know similar skill sets and and, and 
bring similar aspects to the game. I mean, I, I think that's something that Coach Cal's really dying for. Factor in if Emmanuel quickly, quickly returns as expected yep. after next year, and I think he's going to have a stellar this year, stellar season this year. Um, and shoot, maybe he has a standout season and ends up going to the NBA next year. Who knows? I don't see Emmanuel as a NBA guy long term. Maybe he might have one or two seasons yeah. in the G League, but I think he could be a great college point guard. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sure, absolutely, and and I think that. If he is to return, there is a scenario where the other three guys still being the you know still stay in the starting lineup. Yep. Like I said earlier, I mean you'd have Emmanuel at the one, uh, Josh Christopher at the two, Terrence Clark at the, at the three, and BJ Boston as a as a small ball four. And yep. I think he has the skills to do it. The he had film uh, BJ Boston had film at that uh, that elite skills camp out in in LA where he was boxing or he was posting up guys and and showing what he has down low with 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 uh, post moves and. He was just as skilled as he was with – He's you know, Brandon with, Ingram with, to Oh, me. I'm telling Ingram. you, he has small ball four potential, and I think Kentucky, the Kentucky coaching staff knows that, and they are going to try to fit a unit ar- uh, around that possibility. If it says anything about Josh Christopher, like back to the like Jalen-Josh argument, I, I follow a bunch of trainers on Twitter, and last night there were some of them that were saying that they're not mad at UK even if Terrence – or if they took Terrence over the – they called it like something like Trinity or something like that. Uh, oh, the Holy Trinity. Yeah, the, of, the Holy Trinity yeah. of all three. BJ, like pretty much saying that he's just as good by himself as Jalen and Josh together. Where does Cam Fletcher fit into all this? He's the high energy guy off the bench, in my opinion. Yeah, like, I just feel like he's not talked about enough. Six you know? or seventh. Oh, man, I, I, but. He fell a little bit in the latest rankings, but he is a guy that you know exactly what you're going to get out of him every single night. He's a dog on defense. He's He has the potential to be the be- one of the best mm. perimeter defenders Calipari has had. He's in that DeAndre Liggins yeah. mold where he – Kid he, Gilchrist. Yeah, Kid Gilchrist. Well, he, he was recruited by the Kentucky coaching staff as a Kid Gilchrist-type player where – you know he's not going to be a fantastic shooter. He can make make shots, but he's not a three point shooter. He's an athletic free. He's going to dunk on somebody. He's going. To, he's a. I think he can be what Charles Matthews should have been. I think he, back to Jake's U of L ties. I think he can be a better version of Montrez Harrell's role as a freshman on that 2013 team. Come in like make some highlight plays, make some dunks, get some hustle rebounds. But he's going to be better at this stage than Harrell was then. But same role like. Just be the higher energy guy. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think he's being recruited over or anything. I, I don't I don't think they were just trying to secure a commitment from him to get him kind of stashed away and and then move on to. What I they're think it'll be an immediate impact. Yeah, I think yeah. I think in a, an immediate impact on a different level. He's I mean he's not going to be a you know. I think there's a mutual understanding. Per game score. Yeah, 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 and and I think he was aware of that mm-hmm. that they were going after uh, you know their. Biggest targets with Terrence Clark, Jalen Green, and, and Josh Christopher. He's aware of that. He's understanding that he's and he's cool with it. So, um, I, I I think it it'll be interesting to see how how he fits in, how many minutes he'll get. But he does have a role on this team for sure. And now with that, we are ready to call it quits for this week. Um, why don't you guys tell everyone how to find you on social media and where to find your work? Uh, find me on Cats Illustrated on the Rivals Network. Uh, find me on Twitter at Trav underscore Graph. And then follow my podcast on Twitter and follow it on Apple and Spotify. The Cat with a K Scan Podcast. Um, national Recruiting is at StockRisers.com. And I'm a Cardinal Sports, sorry, on the <laughs> on the Rivals Network also. And my Twitter is at Jake Juan Gordon. 
And I am Jack Pilgrim with KSR. You can find me on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR or via email jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com if you have any feedback or anything like that. We're still looking for a sponsor or two, so you can reach me at either of those uh, outlets, and I will be happy to get back with you and let you know what uh, uh, you'd be getting with with, uh, sponsoring this show. Uh, We will be back next week for another jam-packed Source to Say podcast, and we are excited to see you then. Let's go.